Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Tabletop Sessions. This is just a heads up that Tabletop Sessions is part of a network of podcasts that includes um, StorySmith's podcast, which is a collaborative storytelling podcast where four hosts, including yours truly, weave a fictional world with the support of their listener community, the Tailweavers. And the Tailweavers will contribute, curate, and affect the course of the story as it progresses over its 12-episode arc. So if this sounds at all something you're interested in, hearing them weave uh, some fantasy, sci-fi, cool worlds that are being built, check out StorySmiths, which just finished its first ever season. And you can find that at www.storysmithspodcast.com. And I'm not going to bother you with any more information. Let's move on to the gaming Tabletop Sessions, Episode 1. No, no. All right. I'm going to trade you two sheep for that wood. Tell me, honey, does that sound good? Because all I really want to do is take away longest road from you, yeah. Welcome to these tabletop sessions. Welcome to the, welcome to the, welcome to these tabletop sessions. Hello, fellow gregarious geeks and gamers. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Tabletop Sessions podcast. This is an hour or less dose of all things tabletop that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gamers over the course of the last couple of weeks. My name is Elias, and with me this week are my friends and OGs for life. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Dima here, the forever purple meeple. Hi, guys. This is Ippo. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm Byron, and I'm lost in line for succession, so... Which makes you the most beloved to the peasants. <laughs> I mean, the horse I rode on is pretty big. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, guys. We're going to do uh, this podcast, which is going to be every three weeks, where we talk about games, tabletop stuff, role-playing games, and so on. And um, the, the podcast, uh, since this is the first episode, um, from, from now on, it will be divided into three sections. We're going to talk about what we've played recently. We're going to have a game show of the week. Woo-hoo. And we're going to have a special section called the Hippocratic Corner. So stay tuned for that. Dude. So uh, let's just get on to it. I've actually, um, recently there's been a game on, on BGG that's been super hot. It's called Root, which is by Cole Worley and Leader Games. Um, it's been everywhere, all over Instagram, all over Twitter. And I'm so eager to play it. Uh, I didn't get to play it, <laughs> but <laughs> I did get to play Vast the Crystal Caverns, wow. which is the predecessor to Root from Leader Games, designed by Patrick Leader and David Somerville. And, okay, it's a gr- significantly, extremely asymmetrical game where we played five players and everyone had a completely different game in front of them. Agreed. Yeah, so it's not even like a little bit where... You're doing things and other people are doing things slightly different. You're literally playing another game. I was playing the cave and I was playing a weird version of Carcassonne. And <laughs> I was I was just basically acting as the 
the timer of the game. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were basically hoping that he wouldn't end the game anytime soon so that we could win. Yeah. I was playing the goblins and I was just building my hand and playing cards. I really love the way the goblins play. And I, I believe I had to screw you out of winning a couple of times with yeah, my cool. amazing cave carcassonne abilities. So. <laughs> Byron, you've played this game, haven't you? I played it. Um, I I found the rules a bit confusing to learn in the beginning, um, but that's that's not my biggest problem with it. The biggest problem I had was you have to always help each other so that they don't win. 100%. Uh, it did feel a lot like Munchkin in that regard, which is something that we're not big fans of. So we had the same issue where it was always just about how to make sure somebody doesn't win as opposed to what's the quickest way that i can win myself and it was always about pulling each other down yeah that's what upset me because i was about to win one of the rounds yeah. and then <laughs> we had been playing for like four hours and when elias didn't let me win so that he could win the next turn it was magnificent was so, so yeah so we i agree completely with you byron i think it took way too long to explain it didn't help that four of us were first timers um yeah and it just really felt like we we're always pulling each other down. So it's fine. I'm glad I tried it. It was a great experience. I'd probably play it again if I didn't have a lot to do that day. But all in all, I'm more excited to try something else. And I'm more excited to try Root because I'm a big fan of Cole Worley. And I love the theme they got, which is more than just a generic dungeon delving theme. So, um, mm -hmm. so I'll look out for Root and uh, we'll try to play that at Essen in a couple of weeks. and. Mm -hmm. Let you guys know what we think of that. <laughs> that was real cheer. Yeah, and so that was vast, the Crystal Cavern. So speaking of fantasy-themed games, I recently played Archmage uh, from Starling Games by Tim Hirimi. Hirima? Sorry. Sorry about that. So basically, we're just a bunch of mages. It's a tableau-building game, and you sort of accumulate ancient relics resources to train your apprentices throughout the game. And... The most amazing thing about the game is the board. So it's a bunch of Venn diagrams, like each player has his own circular board. And there are like six external circles of different colors that then intertwine as you go deeper towards the middle. And basically you put your apprentices on those six colors as you get resources and train them. And, and then as you go deeper into the circles in the middle, your magic abilities get stronger and you score more points in the end of the game. So I had never experienced anything like that before. It it was really nice for a change to have like a different way of um, accumulating points, building your abilities. Um, the one problem I had with it was that it's a bit AP prone. So if you don't think about what you're going to do on your turn before it gets to your turn, um, the game might take a long time because it's 15 turns long. So we were four players, all newbies. And that was my biggest issue with it. Yeah, well, 15 turns of AP sounds like a nightmare. So. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they were playing Wallenstein next to us and they finished Wallenstein before we finished Archmage, which is insane. <laughs> so uh, that was Archmage by Tim Harima. It did not help that you were playing with a couple of super ap prone players though yes so maybe if we play with a couple of faster players it might go faster next time so i'd be super eager to try it because it looks absolutely gorgeous and um i've heard good things from other reviews so 
I'd like to get it back to the table and try it myself sometime. I think for people that understand that it's a light game and just play it in that sense, it, it, it like I feel like it would be a really great experience. It's fun because like you can use your magical abilities on each other to win, so it's great. So as Dima said, at the same time we were playing uh, next to them, uh, we were playing Wallenstein, which is a game by Queen Games and designed by Dirk Hen. Wallenstein uh, is a five-player game uh, where you can you can try to conquest the Germany actually, and uh, you are using uh, cards and actions in order to conquest uh, certain areas, and then you can tax these areas, and finally you can build some uh, palaces and castles and buildings, which are essential to give you the victory points. So it's kind of a war game, but at the same time it isn't because the goal of the game is just to build and get the victory points. And uh, it's uh, it's actually, for me, it was really fun. <laughs> for you being the specific uh, qualifier. So the there. person that brought the game, that explained the game, <laughs> that uh, who owns the game, Really loved it, but from where we were sitting, I'm not gonna lie, you guys were uh, arguing for three <laughs> hours before you okay. guys were shouting. I have, at each I have other. to remind you that I don't the, know about this cube tower, but it, it seemed to be a problem. I have to remind <laughs> to remind you the the rules were in German, <laughs> okay. and we were five uh, non-German speakers. Okay, so I was just uh, had an interpretation, my interpretation of the rules. <laughs> <laughs> that was clear. That and, was very clear. <laughs> but I think everybody enjoyed the innovation of this game, which is the the way that you are fighting. The way that you are fighting is that you are getting your soldiers and you are throwing them, uh, literally, in a cube tower. So you're getting uh, at some point these guys are uh, getting stuck in there, and some of them, not all of them, some of them will get out from the other end of the cube tower. So then you compare the number of your soldiers. To the number of uh, your opponent's soldiers that uh, came out, together with the peasants that are gr the green meeples, actually the green cubes that are in the cube tower and that are helping the defender. And uh, that's the way you are uh, deciding the, um, the battle outcome. All, all I know is that was the worst part of the game for the players because they couldn't do taxi backsies. <laughs> because <laughs> they didn't really understand the rules so when they'd figure it out later they couldn't go back because once you drop those cubes in that tower it's over for me it was a very fast the, 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 the good thing about the game was that it was very fast the cube tower helps you do the battle and uh, doesn't give you this uh, delay to decide uh, to start uh, uh, attacking people which is always a thing with uh, five player war games and uh, we managed to do this in a two and a half hours, which was, yeah, that was excellent. Good. Next to your uh, Arcmates <laughs> <Four hour> arc <laughs> light <mate> game. game. <laughs> <laughs> and that was all for uh, Wallenstein. Another interesting development that's happening on Kickstarter, uh, Miso is cancelled and it's going to be reopening on October 2nd. Basically, Miso is an innovative game of area control, that's their words, for two to four players inspired by Mayan mythology. 
Players control a powerful guard and a tribe of followers. So it feels pretty standard, straightforward for area control. It gives um, me like a Blood Rage sort of vibe. Yeah, I'm I'm picking up a Blood Rage vibe. The, the minis are fantastic. Gorgeous. And a Mayan theme. There's not many games that I can think of off the top of my head that have a Mayan theme. Maybe Sulkin, but that's no, nowhere yeah. near a mini. It's not nowhere near a mini market. Um, but basically, they're relaunching. The few issues I had with some of the comments that they've been going backwards and forwards. So I think they're just trying to make a better campaign in general. Yeah, what what I noticed is they um, they made some things people weren't happy with. For example, you only got the stretch goals if you backed at the highest level. And um, <laughs> who wrote such a... <laughs> <laughs> I was fixing Byron's oh, notes for him. He's trying to trip me up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just heard I'm such a loser no, no, everywhere. No. <laughs> Not going to get me to say it. <laughs> well, basically, like they had different pledge levels and people weren't very happy with it. So it sort of slowed down the uh, momentum of backing, which Kickstarter is all about momentum. Like if it slows down, it never reaches a super high goal. So to their credit, I think, they um they basically took all of it and they said we're canceling this and they had over a thousand backers already whoa and they said we're gonna relaunch it on october 2nd taking everything you said into consideration okay. i don't know if this is genius or stupid but i've never run a kickstarter and as far as i'm concerned kudos to them for taking people's perspective and trying to give them what they want no exactly um they made the money they could have very easily just delivered what they said very but good. at least they're trying to make it better. So you'll see how it goes. Yeah, and that's actually um, Colossal Games, and they've been doing a lot of good work on Kickstarter recently. So. Yeah, and so that's Mizo. Fantastic. Well, from the deserts of Mesoamerica, we go to the deserts of Afghanistan. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I recently managed to get Pax Pamir in a trade. And... Um, Woohoo! <laughs> and... Um, it's a Pax Premier. It's the first edition from Sierra Madre Games by Cole Worley with the solo version by Richard Wilkins. And it's based on the pack system created by Phil Eklund of Sierra Madre Games. Um, first, I tried it solo just to learn the game, and it was a great experience. And then we played it three players, and boy, it is phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. It, it feels a lot like Pax Porfiriana. Um, where, but basically, the main main idea of the game is you have three competing powers: England, Afghanistan, uh, British Empire, Afghanistan, and Russia, um, all competing for political dominance in the area. But um, you don't play any one of these, so you can be loyal to a different one, and you can switch loyalties over the course of the game. You can use spies to secretly be loyal to another empire while also being loyal to another empire in the open. And so Elias was playing the spy game I and was. I was playing the leech. <laughs> yeah, she was. she was. She was trying to steal the loyalty from me at the end of the game <laughs> when it looked like I was going to win. But it's cool because just like Pax Perfuriana, it's got a weird win condition where depending on the type of political situation there is, you look for something else to count. So if it's all about political fragmentation, you're taking a look at how many tribes are there. Whereas yeah. if it's an information war, you're looking at uh, the number of spies. If it's a 
um, economic boom, you're looking at the number of roads. So I was spreading the whole game trying to win on information war. Then I sort of pivoted and tried really hard to win on um, political fragmentation. No, no, on war, on armies. Yeah. And then Ipo grabs grabs a a uh, topple card when there was no topple that could happen completely destroys the entire map there's a huge purge and on the very next turn i look at the board and say oh i can win on economics i know <laughs> it was so random and then he put the whole time on our terms those two turns specifically we were trying not to get elias to get the topple card because we were worried that he'd win on information <laughs> and turns out we like emptied the board out and he ended so yeah up winning it's it's anyway. it's it, I feel a bit stupid in the sense that I don't feel like I really deserved the win. But at the same time, it was inexperienced and there's a lot to learn. Yeah. You, we, we use, what, a third of the deck of cards. Yeah, and it's, it's super important that every turn you play, not just for you, but always looking at what other players are doing. Because if you're just playing your game, then definitely. It was our first game, so maybe we shouldn't talk about strategy. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, uh, you know, I was a man of the people of Afghanistan. I was uh -huh. trying to kill these tribes. Weren't you loyal to a, Russia? A, no, a, I was loyal to Russia. Against the colonialists and the imperialists <laughs> of the time. And I failed, of course, uh, tragically. But uh, yeah, the game was uh, amazing. And yeah. uh, it's a Pax Porfiriana with uh, better graphics for me. Much better graphics. Much better graphics. Maybe... Uh, slightly worse of a game. Uh, slightly. Should I say that? Well, no, I, I agree. I still think for me, Pax Perfiana is slightly better, but not by much. Like, I really enjoyed Pax Premier. So, yeah. I loved it. Uh, well, the second edition was just on Kickstarter. It wrapped up. So, you won't be able to do this by the time you hear this, but see if you can get on some sort of pre order program. If you're going to Essen, maybe stop by and see if you can find it anywhere because it is a fantastic game and I believe the second edition, I mean, from what I saw, just looks incredible. So highly recommended. That was PAX Premier. Oh, Elias, you should Very say how you uh, got the board for this game. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I bought the game because I got the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got into a trade for PAX Perfuriana, thought I was trading for the regular edition, was very happy with that decision. Ended up getting the collector's edition, which made me way happier. And then yeah. I saw this board, which was a Pax Perferiano board. I flip it around and there's a Pax Premier board. Everyone who knows me knows I'm OCD. So I could <laughs> not have the board for Pax Premier without having the game. So I did everything in my power to make sure I got a trade for Pax Premier. <laughs> I and love we this. did. And yeah. I don't regret my decision. <laughs> So Richard Wilkins, who designed the solo version of Pax Premier, also designed Renegade, which Elias and I played recently. Uh, it's from Victory Point Games by Richard Wilkins. Okay. And um, basically, it's a co-op deck building game. And it's one to five players. It's based in the future where the AI controls everyone's minds. And basically, you're the renegade who needs to bring down the AI. So basically it's everything Stephen Hawking and Elon Musk fear. <laughs> <laughs> so the board is made up of like five servers. You're supposed to defeat countermeasures and survive the computer's defenses. You can buy better cards at the hack shack. Um, so someone wrote uh, that I suck <laughs> in my notes. 
<laughs> but I'm going to skip that part. So um, honestly, I'm not a big fan of co-ops in general because I'm pretty bossy and... Understatement of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but Coming uh, from the perspective of your husband, <laughs> your, I'm a bit bossy is the understatement. <laughs> so I just think there's always a clear strategy and uh, I don't like people straying off from it. But um, I like this game because it's very interactive. Like you can work together in planning the strategy of how you're going to bring down the AI. But you don't have to worry about people bossing you around or moving your pieces or things like that. Because I know that that ruins the game for some people. <laughs> But don't you feel that, don't you feel that uh, all teams uh, need a leader? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, I think it's okay when I'm the leader. I just, I fall asleep playing co-ops when other players are the leaders. So what do you so, think of the game? Um, it's cool because you basically have your own set of cards and on your turn, you decide what you want to do. So yeah, there's the overall strategy of the game on how you guys agree to win, but um, each player still gets to play his own game. And I really love that about the game. Like this is one of the few co-ops that I really loved. For me, every hand felt like a puzzle. And the only other game that really gives me that sensation is Mage Knight. So yeah. whilst this is not as deep as Mage Knight, I would say that it is a great short version of Mage Knight. So when I have that Mage Knight feeling, I can pull out Renegade and it does not disappoint. It's amazing puzzle. It's got a cool kind of corny theme. And um, I, I, have, I had a great time. And really like we had a great uh, thing happen when we, one of our countermeasures ended up being something called a hackman and we couldn't figure out yeah. what like <laughs> within the scope of the rules as we understood it you could not defeat the hackman yeah um because whenever he came he like moved you to somewhere else on the board and it took like halfway through that turn before we realized oh my goodness we could do this and this and this and we could sort of hack the rule set and still be within the rule set and defeat the hackman and i love that kind of gameplay that emerges by itself mm -hmm. beyond just the scope of the rules exactly so and great game we were trying to just avoid and just survive the round and then like 10 minutes into it like you just got like a light bulb lit in your head and <laughs> what you would you think of out, uh, so cool. the replayability of the game i think it's very high because yeah there's a huge stack of countermeasure cards mm -hmm. and you only use three every game mm -hmm. plus they're releasing um They're called data packs, and they're basically mini expansions, new bosses, new cards to add to the game. Because, you know, that's always my fear with co-op games. I mean, uh, how many times can you play Pandemic? No, this is very different. It's mm -hmm. not like Pandemic. It's not mm -hmm. like the AI sort of acts the same every time. And this time, the AI acts completely different every time, depending yeah. on the combination of the three countermeasure cards that you're drawn randomly for the game yep. and there must be what 50 of them in the game yeah so it's, it's very replayable yeah. like yeah speaking of co-ops a new co-op game is going to be launching a kickstarter assassin's creed brotherhood of venice it's, it's based on the v commandos game uh, mechanics which has a 8.0 on bgg so yeah, it it's not cool. a, it's not a bad co-op Well, That's what I what high. I like about the V Commandos game is it's all about like not making noise and sort of sneaking through and fighting as little as possible. So that works really well for Assassin's Creed because I mean, if you've played the video games, that's what you're doing. You're sneaking around. So 
No, exactly. They say that players need to find the right balance between stealth and combat to progress through a mission-based campaign. So I quite like the sound of that because it makes the game sound more video gamey than, okay, we're a board game, we're going to just do the same actions over and over again, whereas a video game always varies. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Very true. Well, you're, you, I think of the four of us, Byron, you're probably the biggest Assassin's Creed fan. <laughs> uh, so... I mean that's 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 probably true. <laughs> <laughs> um would you back the game if you could? I mean like does it sound like something Oh like, definitely. This yeah. is uh, something I'm definitely going to look at and hopefully if those minis that come with it are the right size I might get it just for D&D campaigns cuz it's always cool true. to have cool looking rogue. Nice. Yeah, rogue, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Plus with your painting they'll turn out gorgeous. So, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, moving slightly south from Venice to Rome. <laughs> we played last uh, week Time of Crisis, uh, which is a game uh, uh, from GMT Games made by Brad Johnson and Ray Farrell. Uh, it's a game of uh, the Roman years of the... the Roman years. Of the, it's a game for, for the Roman Empire. So uh, four players are trying to be the emperor at the same time, or at least uh, uh, have uh, the um, uh, occupation, no, be governors of certain areas of the Roman Empire in order to win uh, victory points and fame and uh, win the game. It's a deck building game uh, in a sense that uh, actually it's not deck building because, no, it is a deck building. You have a, a starter deck. And then you can buy more uh, cards and uh, uh, increase the power of uh, what you already have. And uh, you conquest. And uh, I loved it because it was a fast game. Uh, in a short period of time, it gives you the whole idea of conquesting uh, other areas. At the same time, you need to think uh what's going on with uh, in the other borders of uh, the empire i think you might want to qualify that with a relatively short game because we're <laughs> gmt war game but yeah. for most people it's a long game totally so. true yeah you guys are playing <laughs> till like midnight <laughs> and yeah and to be honest we played the short version <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but it felt uh, the right amount of uh, uh, time, right? It was pretty good for it a It felt GMT. terrific, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely going to stay in my collection. It's one of the few GMT games, usually I kind of find that there's enough in the base box without expansions. I'm quite excited about this expansion because there's just more cards that you can get and add to your deck. So I'd definitely be eager to try the expansion, which is on GMT P500 right now. Um, I had a great time and uh, I ended the game and lost it on the Emperor turns to Ippo um, and everybody else is looking at me and like what are you doing just don't end the game and I was like I want to go home they're like we are in your house and whatever it just got complicated <laughs> and I ended the game <laughs> like for a game in which you guys were pretty quiet in throughout the game like very serious I was surprised by how happy and satisfied you guys were like you guys enjoyed it it didn't feel really painful when someone like attacked you okay yeah they would gain turns this turn points this turn but you could grab it back probably next turn you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like it didn't feel like it's not devastating yeah yeah, it's not devastating that's that's Uh, and it had the right amount of negotiations for me 
Yes. Uh, I mean, it's not uh, Even delaying you didn't the listen game. Listen to anything I asked you to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the negotiations were sort of. It, maybe it was also the group. Of course, was great. I mean, Elias took like one hour to teach the game. I think, and uh, it took a long time. And three hours to play, or mm-hmm. yeah, just about. Yeah. And uh, imagine that it was a game that I enjoyed, despite that uh, the dice. Uh, determine determine the outcome of the battles. Oh, yeah, true. Wow, I'm true. surprised you guys like that. Yeah. That was time crisis. Yeah, time of crisis. Good so game. speaking of things falling apart, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've played a compact co-op game recently called Shipwreck Arcana by Maramorph Games by Kevin Bishop. So basically, we're a bunch of magicians trying to survive a doomed ship. And it's about logic and deduction. And you're trying to escape before Doom reaches seven. So um, I'll just give you a quick overview, like on your turn. So you're all allies. And on your turn, you have two tiles. And they're numbered between one and seven. And then your allies have to try and guess one of the two tile numbers in your hand. So you have like five cards on the board. And then each card has a logical statement on it, like, if the sum of your fates is a multiple of three, place, place one of your fates here. So depending on which card you pick to place the number tile on, the players are going to try and deduce what other tile you have in your hand. So it's cool, like basically if it takes one or more turns to guess, you, you move up. And then if it takes too many turns for your allies to guess, then Doom moves up. Um, the really nice part about this game is that even if you're an inexperienced player, so... Um, you can still use the group to help you deduce what the number people have. It was my first time. <laughs> I would like to say that the only not nice part of this game is that inexperienced players can use the group for deduction. <laughs> <laughs> so personally, I did have a really hard time the first couple of rounds with the deduction aspect, but you catch on pretty fast. I definitely played better when Elias was part of my allies because uh, me and AK, one of our other friends, when it was us trying to guess your tiles, we just couldn't do it. We couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't figure it Guys, out. Guys, I'm afraid of this game. I remember the first time I played it, it made my uh, brain hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't want to play this game. It's a stressful uh, situation. I mean, you need to remember anything, everything and uh, I don't know. It's short, but it's fulfilling. Like you feel like you really scratch your brain, but then when you get it, you're so happy that you figured out this one number. <laughs> totally dial. true. Yeah. Byron, you you played this too, right? I think so. It's like you can't have greater than five, but less than six. Or yeah, s- is that the one? Yeah, yeah, I love that game. It's so fun. And you guys played it like five or six players. We played no, like five you guys players. Were a huge That's right. Group. How many yeah. did you play? We were three. Yeah, it's great what? all around. Was it good? Yeah. yeah. Like Elias played it both. I so. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I what I really like about the game is first when you play it, you say, Well, there's just not enough information. But then you start realizing, okay, it's not just about why did she play on this card. It's about why didn't she play on these other cards. Yeah. And that makes all the difference in the world. And it, that's what me and AK were lacking <laughs> when we were trying to guess yours. <laughs> we need to play this again. Absolutely. Shipwreck Arcana. Check it out. Another thing you guys absolutely have to have to look at is right now it's live on Kickstarter. It is Hagglethorn Hollow. 
Basically, this guy down in New Zealand has created this amazing scenery for miniature games. Wow. He spent years in his basement doing this. He's not in his basement. <laughs> I'm just looking at I'm pictures now. Basement. Basement. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 professionally done, and it is the most beautiful scenery you'll ever see for a miniature game. It's based on some a uh, labyrinth, I think it is. Uh, he started making the dungeon pieces um, when he was trying to build a real live version of the movie Labyrinth. And then he just got out of control completely and he built like a forest and a town and another town and it's just amazing. So, yeah. It's extremely ex expensive for some of these uh, things, but the quality and the craftsmanship is just next level. Absolutely. They are, they are looking at releasing the 3D files so that you can print them at home, which would be great because then you don't have to ship heavy stone buildings mm -hmm. to your yes. house. Yeah, but from an international perspective, that's huge. So, but from what especially I found that this is, is based in New Zealand. Sorry, Byron. Um, what I found is though, typically the people that have three D printers are the kinds of people that could afford to ship. So, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe the humidity in the basement will uh, ruin the stuff there, right? No, no, I, I, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's a very strange. I started imagining the basement, <laughs> and then I came up with that. Uh, sorry, I just need to, you know it doesn't have to be in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is absolutely beautiful, and um, if you can take a look at it, um, Hagglethorn Hollow on Kickstarter. I mean, if I could just drop a thousand dollars plus shipping, and you know, <laughs> find a place to store it, I totally buy. It. It's, it's cheaper to get a ship. It's one of the things I regret not being a millionaire for. <laughs> true, true, true. Well, that was great, guys. Thanks for catching up on all the stuff we've been looking at. Um, and now it's time for the game show of the week. With Byron. So welcome to I Guess the Games Down in Africa. I Guess the Games Down in Africa. <laughs> okay, so basically the way this game works is Byron guesses what game we are in one minute. So each one of us is going to be describing ourselves like on a dating show as one game. And um, basically Byron has 60 seconds to guess what game we are. Um, the faster he guesses, the better it is from us. And the winner is uh, the one who can make Byron guess the fastest. So uh, just so you know, when we practiced this game, uh, Byron did not guess any of the games. <laughs> it's, it's pretty similar to my actual dating life. So <laughs> No pressure, Byron. We believe in you. You can do it. Uh, to those that don't understand the name of this game, Byron is in South Africa at the time of this recording. Oh. Yes, he Oh, is. that makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> and Ippo just woke up. All right, so uh, who's going to start, Dima? Um, it's up to you guys. You have any, do I have any volunteers? Uh, Byron, since I don't have a chance, I'll text you the game. <laughs> 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 yeah, actually, Ippo's the work at describing. <laughs> okay, I'll start, I'll start. Okay, right. but you can the, do uh, it. Ippo? Your 60 seconds starts now. Okay, so I'm an animal and I'm climbing on a very shaky... Uh, Rhino hero. Yes! Wow! 
Yeah. And, and Evo know, like three seconds? scores with 51 points. <laughs> Whoa, that's ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Elias, you're up. Uh, mine's not going to be quite as easy. Nope. nope. <laughs> I hope not. All right, all right. And my time starts now. Hey, so um, I'm roaming around doing magical things, being a warrior and uh, going around trying to conquer some cities, kill some monsters. Uh, sometimes, you know, I don't get the cards I need. <laughs> um, I'm going around, I'm, uh, I'm drawing cards, I'm learning new spells, I'm learning new skills. I don't think Byron's played this game. I just realized. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and I'm uh, killing some, some marauding okay. I, orcs. I would, I'm I'll killing you some anyway. marauding dragons. I'm uh, conquering <laughs> keeps and uh, conquering Man. mage towers. Taking out cities. You can say everything. It's, if it's not conquest, I have no idea. Oh, my goodness. It is. I also happen to be one of Elias' favorite games. <laughs> That oh, it's Mage Knight. Yeah! Oh, that doesn't count. Second you to can't spare. describe yourself as Elias' One second game. to spare. I got no, one no, point. No, no, you can. That, that seems fair. I got one point. <laughs> <laughs> Should have just started with, I'm one of Elias' favorite games. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. that's bad for me. So, uh, Dima, your 60 seconds starts now. Okay, so I usually like to meet people at night um and it's uh it's really hard to make people believe me sometimes is it where words like, uh no and um we're just we're all working really hard together to build our little town and then one night ultimate then werewolf the, yeah Damn, demo with 35 <laughs> yeah. points i cannot and believe Epo won player. this game i cannot believe it first Woo! of all you can't, you, can't, you can't say I go around at night when the game is one night ultimate werewolf. That, that's true. Because I could have said I'm a mage and a knight. That's true. That's true. So Dima's disqualified and Elias comes second. So Dima with her disqualification in last place, Elias with <laughs> one point in second, and Ippo with 51 points in first place. Ippo smashed you guys. <laughs> you smashed this so unexpected. So... Thanks for listening. <laughs> the guys, that was, I guess, the games down in Africa. Well done, Byron. Woohoo! Fake cheering or no? Just no, intro? No, that was, that was no, just me okay. being really happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, uh, you hear that in the background? It, what? Uh, What's that? It, it sounds, sounds very foreign. Like it's about time <laughs> for the Hippocratic Corner. We're going to break plates. Woohoo! <laughs> Okay, guys, welcome to the Hippocratic Corner. This is my corner. I do whatever I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, the first thing, <laughs> and the first thing I would like to do is to uh, have a quiz. And uh, the name of the quiz is the DNA quiz. For nope, us? That's not the name. 
<laughs> because that pun wouldn't make any sense. What do you mean? It's called the DNA test. Oh, it's, because <laughs> it's a DNA We've test. We've been over this, people. Because <laughs> it's a test. Get it? DNA test? Like, yeah. who's your daddy? <laughs> it's a test for you guys, for our, for our listeners. And this uh, episode's uh, test is we want you to uh, give us a very creative and uh, imaginative reply to the question. Where do five tribes meeples go when they die? Oh, you know, at some point, the five tribes meeples, they die, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so the, no, so the, spoiler. So the question is, where do they go? <laughs> please, please submit your most creative answers to the DNA test on our Twitter account at uh, TTS, nope. sorry, TT Sessions <laughs> QA or... At our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash tabletop sessions or at our BGG guild. Yeah, best one. All these guilds, oh, sorry, all these links <laughs> will be in the episode description. That's right. They'll all be there. So just look down below and you can find the link to where to submit the answers. So um, the reason it's called the DNA test, why don't you tell them, Ipo? Yes, uh, the reason for uh, calling this uh, DNA test is because uh, the winner will get a certificate of excellence from uh, all of us with some of our DNA <laughs> wow! on, on this certificate. That's amazing. Wow, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, How amazing is it? It sounds super creepy. It, but and, and nasty. <laughs> we're not going to put anything nasty in it. It just means that we're going to physically mail you the certificate of excellence and there will be something small, a little surprise in there for you. Some as well. nails. Some, <laughs> some of Ipo's hair. Oh wait, he doesn't have any. Oh, oh. that goes low. Do you guys hear the, the ambulance? Because shots have been fired. <laughs> okay, guys, straight to the burn institute. <laughs> guys, good news for our listeners. The Hippocratic cor- uh, room has another corner. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's almost like it's what? a really bad name. <laughs> it's it basically the Hippocratic room, wall. actually, right? Since it has. Two corners. Okay, so the second corner is uh, uh, you guys. I want you to tell me your top three board games uh, in this category. The category for this episode is uh, games you would like to see turned into a movie or TV series. Games that you would like to turn into a movie or TV series. Let's start with Dima that uh, because she raised her hand. <laughs> Just in front of me. I'm a really good student. <laughs> okay, so my number one. Um, well, again, sorry. Is... <laughs> we went through this during the oh, practice yeah, session. In a top three, genuinely start with a three and then work your way. Uh, I just really like to start with the best one. Okay, <laughs> so my third one is uh, City of Iron. I don't know if anyone's played it, but. It has a lot of really nice scenery, and I didn't really think of the story, but, <laughs> it's dark. but I felt like it would look so nice visually. You know how in Avatar, it's like a different world, and um, all these weird plants and creatures, and, and the characters are really special in the game, so I just felt like they just need to come up with a storyline, but the visuals are there, so I just thought that would be a nice movie. And then as a series... My uh, second runner-up is uh, Galaxy Truckers. 
So yeah, I really <laughs> love playing it. And I was thinking like it could be this like race, like I don't know, something happened in the world and now they have all this junk everywhere. And then there's like this like reserve somewhere that they can deliver, pick up and deliver goods to from. So then all these people start building ships out of junk and racing to pick up and deliver stuff. I just felt like it would be a cool series. You know, who means that it's in my list too. No. <laughs> so my number one drum roll no no okay so <laughs> no so i picked gola marcana um actually nice yeah it's 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 a miniatures game yeah. sort of and uh, basically the two main factions are the durani and gudanas and basically the durani They build their golems out of stone, metal, and... Like precious gems. Precious gems. And then the Gudana's uh, golems are built out of uh, sand and blood. And then you have all these other factions, the Zekia and stuff that you can use as mercenaries in the game. But the, just the miniatures look amazing. And the story of each um, faction is so interesting. And I just felt like as a series, like watching these factions get created. And the thing is like the Duranis, because they're made of such solid structures, they're harder to defeat, but they can't really respawn. And the Gudanas, because they're made of like sand and I would go and watch blood, they respawn super easily in battle, but um, they're easier to kill. And I just felt like it would just, just like um, what's that? World of Warcraft kind of, but different great great thank you very much uh, for these top three You're Dima. Welcome. Elias would you like to be next uh, sure why not um, I want a different tact um, I felt like there'd be a lot of like sci-fi fantasy which I love I have no issues with and I am totally on board for Gola Marcana uh, series thank you I'd, I'd be the first one to watch that um, <laughs> but mine's a little bit different Also, a lot of games that I wanted to include, um, they, uh, they sort of already have things very similar to them. Like, I really like stories about the East India Trading Company. So games like John Company or An Infamous Traffic. But there's already Taboo, right? That yeah, show, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I really like the theme of Tammany Hall, but there's gangs in New York. So there's, there's some things that I sort of avoided uh, just because of that. So let's start with my number three. Pax Porfiriana. No. I feel like that would make a phenomenal yeah. story. Documentary. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> It would just be like sort of, I mean, let's talk real like Wild West politics, you know, in northern Mexico during the reign of Porfirio Diaz with U.S. interventions and people doing straw man actions on themselves just to gain public outcry for them. I feel like it would really be good. It, it'd be like... Um, Uh, house of cards with a wild west background which come on that sounds awesome so it does, it does. <laughs> my number two is we're moving a little bit more into the geek central and i'm cheating a little bit because i picked two here because i couldn't decide which one represented what <gasps> i wanted more i know i cheat sometimes it's fine all right so. that's, that's why you always win <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's a mashup of World of Smog on Her Majesty's Service, oh. um, which is a Simon game, 
and Onward to Venus, which is a Martin Wallace game. Um, I, I have no idea who the publisher is, probably Tree Frog. But um, All World of Smog is basically a universe of you know, steampunk gears and ether. And, yeah, that would look so Yeah, cool. and like magical markets and Cthulhu-like beings and darkness and, you know, anthropomorphic creatures as spies. And I thought it'd be a cool juxtaposition to be in the same universe as Onward to Venus because the first part would be like the secret society trying to find some cultish whatever. And then on the other side, Onward to Venus is based on Weta Workshop's IP, which is... Uh, Dr. Grordbort, which is set in the same era, like the Victorian colonialist era. But it's basically about what if we also had rocket ships and laser guns and ether oscillators. And and so you have this incredibly aggressive army, which is going to Venus and killing all the native life over there. So that sort of is the army section or the more forward section combined with the stark underground uh, world of On Her Majesty's Service. I don't know. Very cool. I'd, I'd totally watch that. You, you so. wrote the too. script also. <laughs> <laughs> and my number one, and anyone who knows me should know this because I always talk about it, the single greatest theme that needs to be oh, a movie yeah. is Euphoria. Build a better dystopia oh. from uh, Stonemeyer Games and Jamie Stenmeyer and Alan Stone. That is yes. the best theme of any board game I've ever played. I would 100%. love a movie directed by Wes Anderson where like literally... He's like showing things happening on the above ground in the Euphorian world. And then he just like pans downwards, you know, in that Wes Anderson way into a frame. And you have people that live underground, like listening through a stethoscope as to what's happening <laughs> at the top. Really I think it'd be great. And it's got game. this amazing sense of humor. Like yeah. you can get more workers by, you know, um, either throwing water at them or shocking them. I don't know. You got to keep your workers dumb. It's a really grim, dark thing yeah. that's been done really cleverly, tastefully, and full of irony and um, just nice touches. So I would love to watch a movie of Euphoria, Build a Better Dystopia. Excellent choice. I would stand in a queue for one hour to watch that movie. Absolutely. <laughs> but only but one hour, not, not two. <laughs> not a minute more <laughs> not to and when i say in a, in a cure you, i mean you know 25 degrees of celsius no more okay so perfect <laughs> conditions <laughs> anyway uh, byron could you tell us your top three okay so my top three in number three is battlestar galactica just because i want more battlestar galactica movies uh... and series uh... i guess number is, two is, is the, it too much for like <laughs> Can we get another season? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not really. I, I put Munchkin, and the, my reasoning behind Munchkin is, you you center the movie around a key character competing in a like a labyrinth maze against other characters, and you're following the story of one guy. Oh, he needs to get that armor so he can go quickly win to to be the hero actually, yeah i like it so it's a fast-paced <laughs> action sports arena kind of movie so i think that could be quite nice um my number two only only if it's like a kurosawa movie like uh like the because i uh, he, he did movies about that where people were just like had to kill each other for sport I think wait can we do it like a cartoon or it no has that's to not be a cartoon movie. kurosawa did live action. no i mean munchkin i don't know it's up to byron yeah, yeah, it can be a, a family-friendly movie. Should be comedy, right? Yeah. No, that's not going to be my comedy. My comedy is my number one. But oh, number yeah. two. <laughs> my number two is 
Rising Sun from Simon. Okay. It, it's going to be an epic about in a sort of in a crouching tiger, hidden dragon style. Nice. About the, the various gods, the demons, struggle for power between the tribes. Uh, it could be quite a good war movie. If, if I, I love me some that. cultural appropriation. Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And the main <laughs> actors can be uh, Bale. We can have Scarlett Tom Johansson. Cruise. Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise is already it. Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but my number one is going to be a comedy, like I said. Wow, it's so exciting. It's going to have Stephen Fry and Ricky Gervais in it. And it, is, and it is Secret Hitler. Oh, <laughs> amazing. So, so the plot behind it is it's an alternate universe where it's still World War II, but no one knows who the Third Reich leader is. So every day he goes out a secret door takes off his Mission Impossible style face mask and disappears. My mind is blown. And, and, the, and the allies are trying to f figure him out so, so they can get him. And no one knows. That's a great That's choice. Cool. I'm yeah. proud of you. That's yeah. great, yeah. Ricky right. Gervais is my favorite, so I wouldn't say <laughs> no. anything different. All right, let's move on to the shitty list. <laughs> oh. Okay, let, let's uh, move on to my list, to the copy list. Where number three is Galaxy Tracker, so okay, let's move on. <laughs> it's a great, it could be a great science fiction movie where everything is uh, tearing apart and uh, you see uh, half of the spaceships uh, missing and totally uh, pe agree. people dying <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and uh, it, actually, it would be a, a sad story, right? I like <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is. I feel like it would just make people mo more prone to want to start building spaceships made out of junk everywhere. <laughs> from it the sounds real like the world. plot to, to Firefly. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. True, you're Very right, similar. Yeah. That's what I was telling Elias this true. morning. Yeah. My number two is Tragedy Looper. Oh. oh. Good one. It's about a. Ach so. Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's about some people that are investigators and they're uh, moving back to time in order to solve uh, um, uh, murders. Very or, nice. I don't know. Yeah, murders. Very nice. <laughs> and uh, I, so I guess that one's a series, not a movie. Uh, could be series totally, but I guess it'd be like CIS Tragedy Looper. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not sure there isn't any movie like that. I guess there is, right? I mean, there's like, Groundhog Day. Yeah, but Groundhog Day. There's no Day. murder happening. I mean, there's Looper. There is Looper. There's Looper, yeah. Maybe TV series. Which I didn't love. But so. I don't remember any movie like that. Looper is a movie. Okay. Anyway. Not a series. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your number one. My number one is Euphoria Built a oh! Better Dystopia. <laughs> I take back what I said about his list being crap. Which, as uh, <laughs> said, okay. You just need to listen to the title, okay? Euphoria, build a better dystopia. I don't need to say anything more. Uh, what do you think about Wes Anderson directing, though? Uh, I totally agree. I think... Uh, who would you say would be the uh, leading actors? Well, it would be one of Wes Anderson's groups. So Bill Murray would be like the mayor of Euphoria. Oh, yeah. Man. And you'd have Owen Wilson as the guy underground, and he'd be like, Really? They have all the energy they want. <laughs> I want. I want Natalie. Portman. You guys, can I have Natalie Portman for this? 
Okay, before... Uh, if your wife lets you, you can have Natalie Portman for anything you want. <laughs> but as uh, Elias cheated, I would cheat again. <laughs> because, I mentioned like nine games. Because, but I have a reason, okay. Because I was discussing this uh, morning, this uh, top three with my wife. And she said, what do you mean? I mean, do you mean... Uh, I said, okay, I have a great idea that uh, a Dead of Winter uh, could be that. And she said, what? This is a, just another zombie movie right yeah it's the walking yeah, dead but exactly. the thing is mm-hmm. what if it is like jumanji <laughs> so if you if you have the, you know the lead uh, the protagonists to dip into the game the, the protagonists need to play the game actually but real things happening i mean you're like jumanji uh, so in this uh, case my top three would be uh, number three dead of winter number two seventh continent where people are going into new tiles, but they're, they, they have these problems and they need to solve them. And number one would be Pandemic Legacy, where uh, true virus are uh, expanding all over the world and you have all these uh, issues and someone needs to um, like manage all these people. Fake reality shows? No, he means like you're playing the board game and every time you do something, you actually have to physically do it. Oh, like Jumanji the movie. And if somebody dies, he really yeah. dies. So we'll just, we'll just you should have quit we'll while you were ahead. It. Yeah, we'll just cut this part out of the episode. <laughs> and that brings us to the end Wait, of I this tabletop. Oh, it's not the end. Thing. I'm surprised no one said Scythe. Like, well, I, I feel like I, we all I, thought someone else was going to yeah, say Scythe. I yeah, I really thought someone would mention it because it's like... That's true, yeah. It's something I feel like we'd all like to watch, No. All I have to say is, Elias Dima, please stop sharing your list with Ippa beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> See, oh, man. I think she's watching my notes. <laughs> Ippa yeah. is, is, must have been that child in school that just did his homework by copying someone else the day before. <laughs> That's clear now. <laughs> All right, guys. red-handed. So that brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out our very active Instagram account at Tabletop Sessions. You can reach us through Twitter at TT Sessions QA or at our subreddit at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Tabletop Sessions. Join the conversation over at our Board Game Geek Guild, and you can find the link to all of these in the episode description. We'll be back in three weeks. We hope you enjoyed yourself. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it, you've got to be kind. Say bye, guys. Sayonara. Yes, I spare this. Goodbye. What was that? <laughs> yes, I spare this. I think after Ipo Byron gave up and just said bye regularly. Yeah, I was, I was like, someone's going to do something. That was too much. <laughs> Ipo has a way with words. Yes, I spare That was Korean. Tabletop, 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 top. Hey guys, just a friendly reminder to check out storysmithspodcast.com if you're interested in a storytelling podcast from a bunch of geeks, including this one right here. Thank you so much for listening. Session.